This is the Podcasters Club, brought to you by Precision Podcasting. I am your host, Kane Power. I'm sure that every single person listening to this has heard their fair share of podcasts featuring a bad recording of a remote guest. Grainy, glitchy, patchy audio from whatever online conferencing platform they're using, usually Zoom. It's just a consequence of the modern podcasting environment, where remote conversations are more and more common. The thing is though, platforms like Zoom, they aren't made for podcasting. They're not even made to produce high quality audio. Usually, they're created for people to talk conveniently and are more often aimed at having large numbers of people on the same call. To achieve this, platforms compress audio and video as small as possible so that users with slow internet connections can still use the platform and so that it can handle a large number of simultaneous users. This means that even if by some miracle you get through a recording without connection issues, dropouts, glitches or similar, the audio quality most platforms provide is low due to it being so overly compressed. In fact, much of the frequency spectrum is missing entirely. Now, as podcasters, we're striving for high quality audio. Podcasts are an audio medium after all, and so 99% of the time, Zoom recordings are disappointing, and most importantly, the listening experience we're presenting to our audience is severely diminished. Enter companies like Riverside who have decided that podcasters deserve a platform which will record high-quality audio suitable for podcasting. Now, as an audio geek and someone who is constantly striving for better podcast audio, Riverside has been on my radar for a few years, along with its main competitors, Squadcast and Zencaster. I'll be honest and say that until recently, each time I'd tested these platforms and or received audio from clients who are using them, I just hadn't been impressed, and I didn't think that the quality they were delivering was worth the fee that they were charging. That is, until I gave Riverside another go a few months ago, and was actually blown away by the quality and just by the platform itself. So I signed up and I started using it, and I found almost no difference between my locally recorded audio from Riverside and the local recording that I made on my computer in Pro Tools. In fact, it's worth doing a little comparison here between the two samples. This is my local recording made on my computer while recording this episode. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that's good. Are are you recording on your end as well? Or should I just, I'll just use the online. This is the same sample, but as the recording from Riverside. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that's good. Are, Are you recording on your end as well? Or should I just, I'll just use the online. They are almost exactly the same. Now, I'm using a nice setup that not everyone has, but still, the quality here is evident. If you've listened to the two previous episodes of this podcast with Brian Barletta and Brody Kane, both of their recordings were made using Riverside. So I was so impressed and pleased with the quality that I reached out to Riverside for a chat about how they do what they do, and this episode features my conversation with their head of growth, Abel Grunfeld. But before we get to that, I just want to make one quick point. Riverside isn't a fix-all solution for remote recording. It's just a recorder, after all. If you or your guest is in a large room with echo or noise, or you're not using a good quality microphone, or you're not wearing headphones, your audio quality will suffer just the same as any other online recording platform. 
Riverside does have tools to partially mitigate all of these issues, as you'll hear in the interview shortly. But, you know, built-in preset tools like echo cancellation and noise reduction, it can only do so much. So remember that in audio recording, good quality in means good quality out. Okay, here is the conversation I had with Riverside's head of growth, Abel Grunfeld. My name is Abel Grunfeld. I'm growth lead at Riverside. I'm originally from Amsterdam, from the Netherlands, and actually am working from Tel Aviv, Israel, where Riverside is located. Um, Riverside as being a remote recording platform, we also have a remote team. So it's really, really cool to see that uh, as a remote recording platform, you can also basically have a remote team. Then within Riverside, I'm basically working on getting the word out and developing basically or learning and speaking with customers, with potential customers to really understand their needs and make sure that uh, we can provide that. Our mission is very simple. Like we want to make podcasting accessible and powerful for all creators by giving them all the tools and technology needed to actually create professional, great podcasts from their homes. And so I think also to just exemplify it, when you look at who's actually using Riverside, it really ranges from, let's say, the top tier professionals such as, for example, Guy Raz, Freakonomics, as well as the big podcasting companies such as Spotify, up until really anyone that just wants to create a show with friends for fun, that's sitting in their basement on, let's say, a Tuesday evening after work, gathering with friends, drinking a glass of whiskey and talking about the whiskey market, actually. So yeah, that's a brief introduction about who I am and what I'm doing at Riverside. Yeah, awesome. So do you listen to the Bourbon Pursuit podcast, Ben? Yeah, so, so I, I don't listen to it myself, but I know of it as well as various others. And it, it's always amazing to hear what people are creating and how creative people are. I actually worked on the Bourbon Pursuit podcast. Um, it's really funny that you brought it up. <laughs> it's amazing, really cool. Amazing. I actually didn't know that. Didn't you? <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was not <laughs> something known. They're amazing. They're really good dudes. And yeah, Tuesday night, hanging out, having a glass of whiskey, <laughs> talking about <laughs> bourbon. It's it's great. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, that's what life is for, right? Yeah, it is. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about how Riverside started and where the founders saw the need for the platform? Yeah, absolutely. So Riverside was founded by two brothers, Nadav and Gideon Kiesen. Actually, literally from the living room and study room from Amsterdam in the Netherlands and Beersheba in Israel. And before Riverside became Riverside, it was an online debating platform that was trying to actually bring people together and host meaningful debates that are about really important topics rather than about symbolism, media, and all kind of noise. So the idea was, okay, bring one-on-one politicians to talk for 10, 15 minutes in depth about the relevant topic, have a moderator, and more importantly, actually include electorate and have a chance for voters to attend the live debate and to actually engage either through chat function to ask questions or to call in with video. And so this is actually what was, let's say, stage zero. And although there was 
definitely initial traction very soon after actually a lot of different use cases popped up and one of them was just in general the need for recording very high quality audio and video remotely uh, specifically tailored to podcasters and so after a couple of months uh, the founders decided to make a pivot to this use case and build it out and i think the, the always the amazing story is that when it used to be an online debating platform they got all kind of politicians, local politicians in the Netherlands, as well as from government. But soon after pivoting towards the podcasting use case, a couple of months after, actually one of the most well-known politicians, Hillary Clinton, uh, became a customer for her podcast. So not knowingly, but you know, there's always still this tie from the debating platform towards the podcasting platform. Yeah, that's amazing. And used by Guy Raz as well. Legend. Exactly, exactly. The master of storytelling and the podcasting medium. Yeah, one of the first podcasts that I really got interested in was um, the TED Talks podcast by Guy Raz. Nice, nice. No, he's, he's so good. When you want to listen to a show to just improve your storytelling, improve how you can use audio to, to basically convey messages, it's really uh, one of the better options. 100%. What is Riverside and what does it do from a technical point of view? Someone who doesn't really understand, they're absolutely new to it. Can you expand on, on what it is that the platform does? Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately what Riverside is, is just this simple place where you as a podcaster or producer can go to and you start recording, you can focus on the conversation and once you stop recording, you automatically get very high quality audio. And if you want video files for the host, as well as for all the guests. So essentially it is a remote recording platform tailored for podcasting. The main difference compared to a lot of other solutions such as Zoom is that Riverside is optimized for recording quality, whereas other platforms are not optimized for recording as a use case. They're optimized for having video meetings with as many participants at the same time and to have a good live call. This difference might seem like a nuance, but it completely changes the way you build a platform and the type of things you optimize for. So very concretely, a couple of reasons to explain actually why Riverside results into super high quality audio and video is one, the recording quality doesn't rely on the internet connection. The technical term is recording locally or the double-ender recording methodology. But what it essentially does is that when you and I are having a conversation right now, the live call is over the internet. But meanwhile, we're recording on each participant's device offline and we upload those automatically to the cloud. So it's a hands-off process. But the benefit is that once we end our interview or we end our conversation today, you go to your dashboard and you get the tracks that were offline recorded and therefore without reliance on internet connection. So that is one major, major benefit and really the core tech behind the Riverside platform. In addition to that, it's also that we do zero compression, zero artifacts. So what it means is that you get the raw maximum quality files 
And that gives you a lot of control in post-production. It's up to you to choose, okay, what is the recording quality you want? What do you want to do with it? How do you want to process them? But basically giving you the raw footage, it kind of empowers you to choose and to edit it in the best way possible. So I think those are the main reasons why people love Riverside and what really causes the improvement in recording quality. Yeah, agreed. It's something that I go on about all the time on this podcast and to anyone I'm really talked to about podcasting is audio quality and how important it is. And I feel like sometimes I can't quite get across how important it is, no matter what I say. Um, quite often people are quite happy to sacrifice audio quality just because they think their content is good enough. In terms of like the importance of audio quality, what are your thoughts on why it is so important to have good quality audio in a podcast? Yeah, I mean, content is king. So ultimately to attract new listeners and to retain them, the content is the leading factor. However, what comes afterwards is the audio quality. And it's for a lot of different reasons. One is it's simply a much, much better experience for the listener to actually hear a conversation in high quality without the noise, without the distortions. And it helps you cognitively. It helps you focus actually on what's being said rather than that you need to process different signals and therefore you deviate your attention away from the conversation towards actually being able to understand what's being said prior to processing what they're actually saying and therefore taking it in. Having that's like an essential, essential difference. And lastly, I think we all know examples of shows where we actually really want to listen because of the content, but it's simply not possible. And so therefore I wouldn't say having good audio quality is not going to make you successful. However, it's going to help a lot and it's only amplifying the effort actually that you've invested in hosting your show, building your brand, researching, inviting, editing, etc. So it's a huge amplifier to the success and potential of your content. Yeah, I mean, content is king, but if no one can sit through <laughs> to sit through enough of your podcast to actually get to the content because the audio quality is so bad, then content doesn't matter. You know, if you lose them at the first minute because it sounds terrible, they're not going to get your content. Something I th thought you said there was interesting, you know, how, you know, everyone's sick of hearing poor quality audio. It's a real thing. The fatigue of podcast listeners listening to Zoom, you know, compressed Zoom audio, it's missing a lot of the audio spectrum uh, and it's heavily compressed and it's got artifacts and it's a really specific sound. And as listeners, we've become so used to hearing it because of the pandemic that we almost start tuning out, you know, like you, your, your brain starts thinking about other things because it just sort of morphs into this um, repetitive conversation that you think you've already heard, uh, even if it's new content. So, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but having that local audio where people sound real, it's just so important. Now, what we're talking about has sounded quite technical. Is Riverside more difficult to use than a platform like Zoom? Like if someone's thinking, sitting here, they're listening, they're thinking about switching to Riverside for a higher audio quality and um, maybe some more convenience without you know, having to ask their guests to do local recordings and things like that. 
What's the learning curve and is it much more complex than Skype or Zoom? I think the answer is no. But at the same time, you need to contextualize things. Using a different platform as a host, as a new Riverside user, it will take you maybe 10, 15 minutes. It's always going to be the general learning curve in terms of, okay, it's a new platform. Where's the menu? Where do I need to click? Etc. So in that sense, like that learning curve, it's simply inherent with any new platform. However, when it comes to ease of use for the host as well as for the guest, it's a core focus point of what we're working on and what we're constantly basically improving, as well as all the feedback we've received is that people are actually extremely surprised by how easy and how seamless it is. To make it more concrete, ultimately, when, when you as a, as a host, when you as a podcaster, you invite your guest, the guest is doing you a favor, right? You're taking, like, they're investing their time and they're hopping on. And because it's a remote recording platform, in a sense, you, can, you could say that Riverside is a platform for the guest. It's a platform for the host to make the guest stand out in high quality, as well as to make it as seamless as possible. And therefore, as a host, you basically, you have a shareable link, you send it to your guest. And as a guest, it's one click, you're in the studio where the host starts the recording. Again, one click, you have the conversation, then you stop the recording, last click, and then all the files are uploaded. So when you look at it from that, it's basically in three clicks, you've not only invited your guest and welcomed your guest, but you actually started recording the interview, you stopped it and you have the files available. I don't know. I mean, ultimately it's up to you to experience it, but let me, let me stress that we do everything to make it as easy as possible. And therefore as the guest, it's one click, no downloads are needed. They don't need to create an account whatsoever. They can use the equipment they have. They tune in and then as a host, you actually also have a lot of controls and visibility. As a host, you can see, okay, what is the microphone that my guest is using? What is the camera that my guest is using? And this is all just to make sure that you have control and that you get predictable output of the recording. And that if you see that your guest is not that tech savvy and they might use the wrong mic or the wrong camera, then you can just very easily suggest them to change it before the damage has been done. So yeah, to answer your question, I think the platform itself in terms of navigation and the one-click experience really contributes to the fact that it's easy to use and that you don't need to have any prior technical knowledge. And then I think the last element is that basically the whole recording and uploading of the files is done automatically. So it's a hands-off process where both the host and the guest don't have to perform any action so that you can focus basically on the conversation while we as Riverside take care of the underlying technology to make it possible. Yeah, I mean, as someone who used Riverside for the first time a couple of months ago, I'd known about the platform for a while, but I started an account and logged in and okay, like I have a background in this kind of thing. So the terms and the icons and the navigation isn't foreign to me. So it didn't take me very long at all, but I have been working with people who have you know, never used this type of thing before. And we've done a session that's taken about 15 minutes to half an hour 
They go through, they learn how to do everything, and then they're on their own and they're doing it fine and they're producing good results. And so I think the payoff between a tiny learning curve, which is, would be the same if you're you know, learning any new platform, to take away so much of the um, follow-up, you know, trying to get audio files from people, it's definitely a benefit. Burning question, are there plans to include more web browsers for Riverside? Yeah, like we're definitely working on it. It's, it's always a matter of what's possible. Like the, the benefit of working in web browsers is that it's a super easy experience without any installations. The downside is that ultimately you're contingent to the web browsers and what the, let's say, infrastructure is because you're building on top of it. So the moment that various browsers actually support true local recording without any compression, and I say true local recording because it's important because not all web browsers do, and we only do true local recording, that's the moment that we go to work, our engineers won't sleep and we'll make sure that we support it ASAP. Because also for us, it's a priority. We're all about accessibility and ease of use, and that includes cross-browser compatibility as well as cross-device. So are you saying that only... Chrome and um, Edge support true local recordings. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. The thing is that, you know, there's the audio element and there's the video element. And in general, video is is much trickier due to Mm. file sizes and certain processing. So concretely with Safari, we're waiting for, let's say, some fundamental changes so that we can support it. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because um, your main competitor, you know, offers multiple different browsers and I have listened to audio from them and have never been that impressed. And that might explain it, (laughs) you know, because they say local recording as well. But um, yeah, if they're using Safari or Firefox or something, um, then that might not be the case. That's really interesting. What are some of the other features? So, okay, you can record a podcast, you can get some video, uh, you can get some audio, pretty standard stuff. Um, what are some of the other features that Riverside offers? Something that we call clips. You create your long-form full interview, and then you're selecting moments, you're selecting key moments, and you actually repurpose those as standalone shorter clips that you can use as teasers and as promotional assets for social media, as well as that right now, I think we live in an age that, okay, there's so much content, we're all busy. So let's say you're a podcaster, your episodes are 45 minutes, maybe even an hour long. Can you expect from new listeners to already commit to an hour? Sometimes yes, but mostly not. But if you have a clip with a highlight and it's compelling, and it's one minute, maybe two minutes, and you share that. And as a new listener, you listen to it or you watch it on YouTube and it resonates with you. That is when your curiosity speaks. That is when you start watching the full version. And that's the way to attract new listeners. So that's a feature that's called Clips. And it basically allows you to uh, very easily repurpose your long-form content into short clips that you can use to promote your show. Then there's transcription which is great to use if you want to repurpose again, if you want to make a blog post, or if you just want to go back into your notes and check the timestamp of where highlights are to actually make these clips, Um, many different use cases. And then there are a lot of other things. Uh, One is live streaming. 
So Riverside is a recording platform. And it's important to say, I keep on saying that because it's recording first. However, you also have the option to combine live with recording, where, for example, your live stream, suppose you have a small group of, of super fans or super listeners, you can actually invite them to attend the live session. They can participate through the chat or they can even call in with video to ask a question to the host or the guest. And then afterwards, you get a much higher quality recordings that are independent of internet and that you can use for distribution later on. So if you think about how you can, let's say, use a one-hour interview session to create a lot of content, then this is a great way to do it. You start your live stream to get your super vents, plus to have them engage with your guests as well. Then you get the high-quality recordings automatically, you use them to basically edit them and distribute them to your podcast libraries and potentially to a platform like YouTube as well. Then you use the clips feature in the platform to make the short clips to promote it across social media. And you can also upload it to, for example, YouTube. And then you can even use transcription to add captions, to repurpose it as a blog post, or even to make social media messages as teaser or as promotional materials that you as a host can distribute. Plus that you can also give it to your guests and say, hey, this was an amazing clip. Here is a message. If you're interested, share it with your network, which is, by the way, one of the most effective ways for podcasters to actually grow a following. Like ultimately the recording element, it's the core. It's a core of Riverside. It's why everyone, so many people are using it. But then you can gradually build it out, start experimenting with a lot of the other features that not only simplify your workflow, but that sort of have the power to really elevate what you're doing and to try to get the most out of it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's like a, it's deeper than I thought it went. It's a whole podcast production tool, isn't it? You can kind of do everything there. Now, I have quite a specific question. Um, I have two questions left, and this one is, about the options for enterprise. So I work with um, two clients who have multiple clients themselves who have podcasts. So they want to start a Riverside account and be able to provide access to their podcasters to use the Riverside account so that they have control of the recordings. Is that a possibility? Is that something that happens on the uh, on enterprise type plan with Riverside? Yes, absolutely. So with enterprise plans, so they're really they're really plans for teams. So it's used by teams within enterprise companies, but also a lot of production agencies. And it comes with a lot of benefits. And one of them is indeed a shared production space. So what it means is that you can assign different roles, different hierarchy. And therefore, basically centralize all the different studios as well as all the different files. In a sense, it really brings, let's say, an offline recording studio to the browser where maybe offline you would have a couple of studios, you would have the organizer and everything would be streamlined. With an enterprise plan on Riverside, you have the same. You can create different production spaces, which means, let's say you have different shows, different clients, you can make a separate production space for each client. And then within that, you can create different, basically studios for different interviews or for different seasons. 
And then you can assign that, say, you have a main admin. So, for example, okay, the podcast production agency. And then you can assign access to studios, to that, say, the podcasters who are recording the interviews. And then afterwards, you as a main admin, you can access all those. Or you can even assign editing access to certain studios so that your editor can access the files from a specific session and easily download them without having to transfer files. So it really is a great way to organize and centralize all that's happening within a production company. That's amazing. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Okay, this has been really, really cool. I've learned a lot and I'm sure everyone else has as well. What does Riverside have planned for the future? What's next? We're in a very exciting position and that we've gained the trust of so many, so many podcasters. So what's next is basically really keep on listening to our customers, keep on hearing, okay, how we can help podcasters and build for them the best, best experience there is and really try to use software to basically improve and automate what otherwise is a very tedious, manual and risky process for them. So we'll keep on focusing on the core as well as building out editing capabilities to really help podcasters produce professional great content in an as easy and fun way as possible, I would say. So if you've listened to all this and are thinking how much better your podcast could sound with high quality audio recorded using Riverside, click the link in the show description to sign up for a free account. And hey, while you're here and since you're still listening, how about taking a few seconds to give the Podcasters Club a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice? That would be really cool of you. Till next time. This podcast was created by Precision Podcasting. We make podcasts sound better. For more information about what we do, resources on podcasting, and if you'd like to get in touch, visit precisionpodcasting.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pippa Precision Pippa Podcasting. Yes, that is spelled the way that it sounds. If you'd like to hear more episodes, make sure to hit subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.